With the holiday season in full swing, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for online fraud during e-commerce transactions. Because in the rush to move their businesses online, some merchants just neglected to put in the proper safeguards. In this B-side episode, James Mellon explains the different types of online fraud to Business World reporter Patricia B. Mirasol. James is the country manager of fraud prevention services company Vesta. If you run a business, you'll be interested in what James has to say because he talks about reputational risk and the red flags that online merchants should watch out for. Have online payment frauds existed since the onset of online payments? Yes, Pat. And for as long as internet and the technology to support online payments have existed, merchants have to deal with fraudsters who are making use of the dark web to perform illegal and harmful activities. And the ways in which fraudsters take advantage of online services to intercept transactions evolve rapidly as we speak in tandem with technological advancements. All right. So let's talk about online payment frauds then and now. What were the most common online payment frauds like a decade ago and how have they evolved now? Actually, fraud is fraud. It's existed 10 years ago and still does today, though it's gotten more sophisticated. The two main types of fraud that can arise during a transaction flow is account fraud and transaction fraud. Account fraud is when a fraudster steals your account information and illegally get access to personal information, such as bank account details, e-commerce sites, mobile wallet, accounts like mobile PIN. On the other hand, transaction fraud is basically when a fraudster uses a stolen information from the dark web and goes into an online store to carry out illegal transactions. So typical transaction fraud is known as card testing. It is a method of fraud that can fly under the radar of merchants. They target an e-commerce website and place several low-value orders within a short window of time. They might try to do this on one card or in several different cards. This practice helps fraudsters identify which card will work for future purchases. While these purchases typically only involve low ticket size, they have the potential to seriously impact merchants' bottom line. Given the latest surge in the online shopping and online fraud amidst the pandemic, we are also seeing most merchants would shut down their international transactions due to the fear of fraud. I personally experienced this while I was based in the United States. I would use my US-issued credit card to pay utility bills or buy gift for my relatives and friends in Manila. But my transactions were rejected simply because I'm using an international card. Merchants that don't accept international cards run the risk of missing out a large number of potential sales. Increasingly, fraudsters are also targeting mobile app users, like the e-wallets. Within the past decade, the Philippines has experienced a significant increase in smartphone adoption and internet penetration rates. More recently, our survey has found that two in three online shoppers in the Philippines prefer to use e-wallet when purchasing things online. That further heightened the risk of falling victim to a payment fraud. It is therefore important for merchants to be aware of this type of fraud and employ the right technology to protect their business. How are businesses losing revenue nowadays to online fraud? And could you please explain to me the difference between direct and indirect online fraud? Online businesses are losing revenues, and it affects the bottom line due to payment fraud on several fronts. First is the acceptance of bad transactions, which results to high fraud rate 
high chargeback fees, and the unquantifiable but very important piece is the reputational risk. Second is rejecting good transaction due to rule-based engine, causing low approval rate. So legitimate transactions are mistakenly treated as fraudulent transactions due to rules. So for example, a shopper can no longer transact due to two transaction limit per day or a 50,000 peso transaction amount limit. So what happens to the legitimate customer who want to purchase more? In my case, I need to purchase a product worth 70,000 pesos, so I got rejected. So customers will not hesitate to go to another online store that has better checkout experience to buy. The third one is customer friction. These are the non-acceptance of international cards, which I mentioned earlier. In the Philippines, we see around 10 to 20% of the transactions come from international cards. So if this is blocked, merchants are missing out on revenue opportunities that would have been realized from the international transactions. And then the last one is uh, operational inefficiencies. Um, too much manual effort in managing risk and chargeback. It is not optimal use of resource, and it's very costly. Instead of focusing on growing sales, time and energy is spent on fighting fraud. Going to the second part of the question about the direct and indirect linkage of fraud. First is fraud with direct linkage, now, meaning there's some kind of red flag for a merchant to look for to identify if a transaction is fraudulent. So for example, if the same credit card or debit card is used to make multiple purchases within a five-minute window and the shipping address doesn't match with the billing address, that's a clear sign that the orders can be fraudulent and the merchant should investigate further before approving these transactions. On the other hand, indirect linkage means transactions are linked to a more complex web of elements, often a sign of more sophisticated fraudsters attempting to cover their traps, which makes it very hard you know, for merchants to watch for and very difficult for them to spot and prevent. So unfortunately, we're seeing fraudulent transactions with indirect linkage increasing across the board. And the average value of those transactions is higher than those with direct linkage, making it even more expensive and complicated problems for merchants to navigate. The only way to effectively identify and prevent online fraud with indirect linkage is with machine learning. So the only critical use of models to be able to train billions of transactions and can therefore draw connections that human eyes simply cannot see. Can you tell me more about Vesta's solutions for fraud detection and prevention? We have this banner product called Payment Guarantee. So Payment Guarantee allows you, number one, to stop fraud uh, in real time. If ever there would be fraud, it's on us. Now, Vesta is liable. So we're providing a 100% foolproof guarantee for merchants that they will not get any fraud charge back. And then um, what we do is we increase their approval rates as well, because our focus is to stop the bad transactions and legitimately accept those good transactions without friction. So that is the way that we improve our approval rates. It was mentioned that payment fraud incidents in Southeast Asia outpace the global average. Why is that? Is it a case of digital infrastructure? Is it a case of low customer awareness? So for Southeast Asia, it's experiencing um, digital uptake on a massively um, accelerated scale. And our research and data have shown that the rate of attempt 
that fraud in Southeast Asia is up to 12 times greater than the global average. So this is primarily because e-commerce in Southeast Asia is also growing at a much faster rate than mature markets. Merchants are so focused on selling and growing its online store as quickly as possible that they often forget to put the right fraud tool. So the need only realized when they got exposed from fraud attacks. So merchants, big and small, may try to make up you know, for this by selling more in volume. It's like pouring more water into a leaky bucket. Only by patching the holes and opening the faucet without blockage can you fill the bucket. Um, in analogy, e-commerce, you employ the right technology to block bad transactions in real time and remove unnecessary rules to grow transactions. How can online merchants keep an eye on security whilst maintaining the advantage of speed? Allow me to share with your listeners three tips uh, on fraud prevention that I have uh, for online merchants. Now, one is uh, understand your fraud and acceptance rate. So don't measure fraud and acceptance rate in isolation. Work with technology partners that can calibrate in real time between good and bad transactions. Drawing on trillions of data points, leveraging on behavioral device, front leg analysis to improve performance. The best part is stand by their decision for fraud chargeback guarantee. So second is uh, integrate machine learning technologies to improve speed and decision-making. Machine learning and deep link analysis platforms combined to create fast and reliable decision 24 by seven. For fraud prevention, that means more sources of data that can be analyzed from various angles in real time. And then the third one is leverage on dynamic instead of static rules. Many fraud prevention platforms rely on predetermined rules that flag orders as fraudulent based on a set criteria. This result in unnecessary customer friction and revenue loss for merchants and do not have to do anything to stop fraud. So without an effective fraud tool in place, you will end up either rejecting too many legitimate transactions or accepting too many fraudulent transactions, which is important to invest in a solution that strike a balance between maximizing approval and legitimate sales and blocking the bad ones. Could you share more about the common red flags that merchants should watch out for? One is identity spoofing, impersonating the true owner of the account. Um, geolocation mismatch, customer bank information different from its uh, true IP location. Merchants suddenly receiving high value orders and high velocity transactions in a short period of time. Um, high value transactions in certain verticals that normally would have low ticket uh, order size, uh, such as the uh, FMB. Uh, multiple customers are linked to a fraudulent email address or email domain. Stolen cards are used to do bills payment or purchase digital goods or gadgets online. Um, devices identified as bought, not a normal behavior for human, but this is common on hype items, hot items such as uh, hype sneaker releases. Could you please share maybe one or two Philippine-specific cases of fraud and how these were detected and resolved? So the first use case is a retail merchant. Um, VESA detected anomalies such as you know identity spoofing. Uh, suspicious email links, stolen cards, and many more. Uh, by using multiple dimensions of transactions and not just card information to analyze transaction in real time, we are able to identify fraudulent from its first attempt and prevent potential losses for these merchants by rejecting all fraudulent transactions. 
while still lifting their approval rate to 95% level. So without this, uh, um, this retail merchant would have easily lost 150,000 pesos in one day. And just imagine if the attack goes on for several days before detection and mitigation. Potential revenue loss would have easily piled up, not to mention the indirect costs associated, such as reputational risks, increased transaction rejection rates due to fear of fraud, you know, rules development, and so on. The second use case is um, an insurance vertical merchant in the Philippines. In this scenario, a fraudster was accepting payments on behalf of the merchant at a discounted price. So our AI and machine learning platform detected in real time high velocity transactions, you know, geolocation mismatch, dubious email using stolen credentials to make online payment on behalf of the real customer. So Vesta was able to stop this attack in real time and prevented potential losses for this insurance merchant. More importantly, we are still able to improve their approval to 95% level as well. So imagine if the technology has not been present. So the key takeaway in these both cases, we were able to detect fraud activity in real time without creating friction for the merchants, our good customer, while stopping the bad ones in the same vein, hence growing merchants' approval rates. And this is how Vesta is critical in fighting fraud. Do you have any tips for small and medium enterprises who might not have that much budget for cybersecurity? So for the small merchants who have um, no budget for cybersecurity, it would be best to outsource it and work with third party instead of, you know, building the house on your own. And Vesta um, is not only helping, you know, big merchants, we also help small and medium enterprises. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard James Mellon, country manager of fraud prevention services company Vesta, speaking with Business World reporter Patricia B. Marisol. As James said, fraud is fraud, and online fraud has been in existence since the onset of online payments. And when you don't protect yourself against fraud, you risk losing both revenues and your reputation. This B-Side episode was recorded remotely on November 9. It was edited and mixed by Paolo L. Lopez. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening.